VN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. To describe this market this way, many layers to what we're seeing to that is absolutely no surprise as we all watch where those numbers are going. A lot of hopes and desires to see maybe $16 beans. We'll see what happens. But that brings in some emotion. We've got a USDA report tomorrow. We've got weather factored in not only here in the States, but globally. So when we talk layers, there's definitely a lot of layers. And Todd Holtman joins us today. He's with DTN. And Todd, let's talk about that layer standpoint, because really, when you look at this market, it's not just one specific thing that's a driving factor at this point. No, absolutely not. Uh, and and I, uh, as I see it, and as I was trying to describe to you earlier, uh, we do have a lot of layers. And at the core of this, we're going to address those USDA estimates of just what we think the supply and demand stats are uh, for us, corn and soybeans especially here in Wednesday's report. But right now it's a very moving fluid target when we have active weather concerns in South America and there's a lot of nervousness about that. So let's start with the with the USDA report coming out tomorrow. Obviously maybe not as much hype as we saw in January, but still some interesting numbers that will be given to us. Yeah, so uh, last time uh, we had this report from USDA, they said ending corn stocks of 1.54 billion bushels. We're expecting just a slight reduction from that, but I think most of the attention, Susan, is going to turn right to the South American crop estimates, and right away people are going to be looking at USDA's uh, corn and soybean estimates for both Brazil and Argentina, and of course, uh, those numbers will have ramifications for the U.S., and uh, we've seen our exports pick up lately uh, with uh, as, as the crop estimates privately have been coming down for those areas. So it'll be interesting to see what USDA says on the crop estimates here on Wednesday. Do we see any numbers coming from, from the wheat standpoint, as, as crazy as this wheat market's been? Uh, this is one report where we ought to, ought to just stay pretty quiet. I don't expect any big changes. If there is, uh, there is room to lower the export estimate again. Our wheat exports have just been uh, very sluggish uh, this year. But other than that, this is a pretty quiet time of year for wheat. All right. What about for soybeans? Uh, looking at any surprises possibly tomorrow? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I think uh, the big soybean surprise is already happening, and that's how bad the drought has hit the Brazilian crop. Uh, and so I think in that regard, the market is already ahead of whatever USDA is going to say tomorrow. But to answer the question, we are expecting the, the ending stocks estimate for soybeans in the U.S. to come down from 350 million bushels down to 314 million bushels. Uh, as I say, there's going to be a, a lot of attention on Brazil. We started the year thinking Brazil was going to have a 5.3 billion bushel crop. Now uh, we're looking at possibly 4.6 or 4.7 billion, some private estimates even saying lower than that. Early harvest, is any of that, have you heard any numbers? I've been kind of scouring through Twitter and other social medias and haven't seen a lot of rumblings as to, to what those numbers look like. Uh, no. Uh, the, the private estimates have been coming in about 125 million metric tons, I think, is the lowest I've seen for Brazil's harvest. Uh, soybean harvest. As far as feedback from the field itself, uh, haven't heard much directly, but I will say, uh, and this is very close to that point, if you look at the FOB soybean prices in Brazil itself, uh, they have narrowed the gap significantly. So 
the, the early harvest anticipation, Brazilian prices were much cheaper than our U.S. Gulf. But now uh, those Brazilian prices have caught up and we're almost neck and neck uh, competitive-wise. So it tells me that there's some problems getting the crop out of Brazil early, uh, the fact that that spread has tightened up that quickly. So it could be a benefit to our bean prices, and is that maybe a little bit of the driving well, factor? Yeah, that certainly adds to it. Uh, also, this week we've seen more interest in uh, soybean export sale announcements, and it's been a mix. Uh, today was all new crop, but uh, just uh, on Monday we saw a mix of old crop and new crop. And uh, so part of that also is related to, I think, problems getting beans out of Brazil early. Are we going to see any? I mean, China's been kind of quiet. Some say it's because of the Olympics going on that they're focusing elsewhere. But are we going to start to see some pickups from them when it comes to purchases? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that question. Are we going to see some what? Um, Pickup in export purchases from China. Oh, uh, yes. If you asked me that a couple weeks ago, I would have said no. But because the, the drought situation has gotten so serious, we're already seeing China get more active, especially in the new crop soybeans. So they're already marking uh, territory for our fall soybeans. Dollar influence on that at all? Are we going to see that kind of be a struggle or are we going to see it a benefit to us? Um, for the most part, the dollar is staying fairly stable throughout this situation. It's really not a factor in the export scene uh, right now. So it's more really a matter of China's going to need uh, supplies, and obviously uh, Brazil is going to have uh, a shortfall that they're dealing with there. So that does bring China back to the U.S. more this fall, and currency should not really disrupt that. If, if we could rewind our conversation to where we were at in December, and you and I were talking about um, the, the corn versus bean acre uh, war going on, do you see that changing at all as we continue to see the bean prices jump like they have, that maybe folks are going to be leaning more towards soybeans versus corn? Yeah, well, I'll say, number one, the the market outlooks for both corn and beans have changed dramatically, and especially in the case of soybeans, you know, it looked looked very bearish and discouraging back in December for soybeans, and and now we have a full-out one-way bull market uh, surge happening. So will that affect planting? It's a great question, but... I'll tell you, when I talk to producers, for the most part, they're sticking close to their 50-50 rotations. That was their answer earlier when I asked them, you know, about fertilizer prices. Was that going to discourage corn? And uh, I think for the most part, that's uh, still the answer now. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming around the corner. It is the second half coming up. It's the final final bell on the world. As you talk to your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, they'll tell you our product lineup is second to none. Here's Eric Wasinius with Peterson Livestock near Oxford, Nebraska. I think a lot of it is as far as what really makes Fontenelle stand out is our product lineup. Um, we've got things that will fit in pretty much any environment or situation that we run into in uh, central Nebraska. To find out more about products or how you can become a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and pets. RVM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Todd Holtman. Todd is with DTN. And you and I talking during the commercial break about uh, what's happening in the soybean market in the sense of, of basis price. But you brought up a really interesting point as we were talking about the PNW. And you were doing some comparisons for our folks in the Midwest. It's not just Illinois and Indiana and those states that are seeing the, the good prices for beans. 
No, absolutely. Uh, corn and beans both, Susan. Uh, you know, it used to be that uh, the eastern Midwest had all the best cash prices, and then the farther you got away from that Mississippi River, uh, the, the cash price really suffered. Well, really, the past two years, we have not seen that uh, drop-off near as much. We, we see cash prices for both corn and beans holding up uh, well into the Dakotas, Nebraska, uh, you know, places that have uh, been much more distant to the, the better river locations. And I think it's just uh, largely because of a lot of the, the good plants and demand opportunities we've seen. Obviously, ethanol uh, is a big help around the countryside, and that's shown up this year. But also we're getting more uh, biodiesel plants uh, springing up, and uh, they, they like access to the West Coast. And it's kind of helping spread the wealth. It's nice to see. So far... We got to talk about Ukraine. It's kind of the the elephant in the room as of late, with the issues that continue with them and Russia, and really not knowing what's going to happen day to day. How is that affecting not only our grain prices but the fertilizer prices, and and the nervousness there? Yes. Uh, well, first, let me say on the grain prices, it's been all bullish so far, except for wheat uh, has had kind of a confusing reaction or, or a roller coaster. Uh, response to the Ukraine situation, but Ukraine has so many tentacles for us now, and because our grain markets are so tightly correlated to energy markets these days, where we have corn-producing ethanol, and every month that goes by, we're using more bean oil to produce biodiesel, we're becoming very sensitive to the energy market, and one thing Ukraine has really done is lift the crude oil price, because it's it's seen as a possible pawn in this chess game of uh, international negotiation uh, over Ukraine. So today here on Tuesday was the first day we saw uh, the crude oil price come down somewhat and there were some hints or anecdotes in the news that maybe Putin is softening. There was a report that the Kremlin said they're going to pull troops out of Belarus which is on Ukraine's northern border Uh, and so that's a possible sign uh, of easing. We also had a report from the French President Macron uh, that he said uh, Putin told him that uh, he will not instigate an invasion in Ukraine for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we get, we get one day of a glimmer of hope. We'll see uh, how this thing carries out. But for as far as the market's concerned, it adds a lot of uncertainty. It makes traders nervous for the most part. It's largely driven a lot of the short side uh, of the grain markets out, and that's one reason that we've seen such a strong. A bullish surge in corn and soybean prices lately, that mixed with the South American weather situation. Looking at, as, as we get ready to wrap up, let's talk about the, these corn and bean prices. How much higher can we go before we see a, a top in place? And I know that's, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> yeah, it, and, the, and the tough part of that question is that I always like to remind people that, you know, markets are human, and hum, we humans are emotional and uh, if if you, you know, put a lot of fear in the market, which we can do with a weather situation, we can do with possible military invasion, you know, all the ingredients are there to hype our fears. And so uh, that's why it's a very difficult question to answer. How high can we go? I can tell you from a strict fundamental supply and demand old-fashioned estimate, soybean prices at 
the, the supply levels that USDA currently estimates them at are worth roughly $11 on the cash market fundamentally. And for corn, it's a little over $5 a bushel. So we're obviously trading at big premiums uh, above that, but that doesn't mean it can't go higher. Uh, just as, a, as I think maybe a common sense response to that question, I think, you know, we get above 16 or $17 on beans. It's pretty thin ice up there. And, and in my mind, uh, anything over $6 has been a great price. I, I think there is no shame in taking $6 corn uh, off the table if you have old crop sitting around. All right. Great information today, Todd. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, well, my email is probably the easiest, todd.holtman at btn.com. Uh, and we've got a free website, dtnpf.com. Uh, come check out some of our articles and things that we put out. Well, thanks so much, Todd Holtman, again joining us today from DTN. As always, a reminder to folks that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. You can check this out as a podcast through our website at ruralradionetwork.com. You can get it right there, wherever you subscribe, on Apple and Google Play, and a whole lot more locations. And again, it's a free podcast. That has been the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you this afternoon by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.